Fun Ideas Productions presents the Fun Ideas Podcast. This is the Slow Poisoner. I come to you from the future with these words of warning. It's a hot horror planet. It's a hot horror planet. It's a hot. Hi, this is Mark Arnold, and welcome to Fun Ideas Podcast number 104. This episode is sponsored by the fine folks at Lee's Comics. Hi, I'm George Takei. You know me as Helmsman Sulu on Star Trek. When I'm not busy going Warp Factor 8, I like to beam down to Lee's Comics and spend a lazy afternoon reading comics classics from Marvel to DC, from Dark Horse to Fantagraphics, and everything in between. So please, spend some time here at Lee's Comics and spend your hard-earned cash. <laughs> Lee's Comics eBay store is still going strong with over 10,000 vintage comics, the majority of which are now on sale. For half off, choose from Lee's huge stock of golden, silver, bronze, and modern age comics, and specializing in Silver Age Marvel titles. You can count on friendly service, accurate grading, and quick, secure shipping backed by a money-back guarantee. To check out Lee's eBay store, go to eBay. Click Advanced Search to the left of the search bar, scroll down to Sellers, and enter Lee's Comics Inc. Period. That's L-E-E-S-C-O-M-I-C-S-I-N-C. Period. Don't forget the period. Lee's Comics is shipping daily with no delays. New items daily. Mention the Fun Ideas podcast and get a free bonus gift. Long title. Looking for the good times. Examining the monkey song one by one by Michael Aventrella and Mark Arnold. A book that examines each song, gives lots of details about each song, and our own personal opinions. You can find this book on Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, and anywhere where good books are being sold. Our webpage is wordpress.monkeys.com, where you can see many of the songs and give your own opinions of them. And we will be discussing this more on Zilch. Hey, Michael, it says here we've written another book about the monkeys. Wasn't the first one enough? Not at all, Mark. Our original book, Looking for the Good Times, Examining the Monkey Songs One by One, was very successful, but only covered half the story. Which half? The group half. Our new book, Headquartered, A Timeline of the Monkeys' Solo Years, covers the solo half. Who knew the monkeys record so many solo albums? Not only that, but this book covers all of their solo projects, including stage shows, horse racing, running record labels, directing and starring in TV shows and movies, voice acting, and jail. Jail? Did the monkeys go to jail? Ah, you have to read the book to find out. You've sold me. Have you sold them? Who, who, who's them? Those people out there listening to this. Well, listen to this! This book has discographies, photos, and other information about the prefab for Mickey, Davy, Peter, and Mike, 
the Solo Monkeys, plus another nifty cover by Scott Shaw. Wow, he did our last cover, and this one's equally good. Where can you get this masterpiece? Announcer. Announcer? That's me. <clears throat> get Headquartered, a timeline of the Monkey Solo Years, written by Michael A. Ventrella and Mark Arnold. Those two guys. It's available in hardback, paperback, or ebook from BearManorMedia.com or from Amazon. Get your copies today. Cool. I'm going to get one today. My Warren Kremer book is finally being laid out, and it is looking really good. I'm also still working on my Mad and Disney books and my Popeye article. We will be discussing these other new projects throughout the year. Today's guests are fans of animation and cartoons. They are currently working on a documentary film on the life of Bill Scott, the writer and original voice artist for Jay Ward's Bullwinkle. Here they are, Camden Spees and Amber Jones. Okay, hello, this is Mark Arnold from the Fun Ideas Podcast, and today I have two guests. I have Amber Jones, who is currently in England. Hello. And I have Camden Spees, and I actually didn't ask where you are. Where are you? I'm in Birmingham, Alabama. All right. I knew you were on the East Coast. That's the best I knew. So, all right. Welcome to the show. And we are going to talk Bullwinkle. Oh, wow. I didn't know that talked. <laughs> um, I think Keith Scott did the voice for this, but the box is, I put it back there. There it is. I'll have to ask him. <laughs> I just got this in a, a few months ago, actually. And I go, wow, it still works because I think it's from the 80s or 90s or something. So, anyway. <laughs> my, this was my Bullwinkle Christmas present that I got. Ooh, I don't even have that. So, Camden, you're, you're, uh, I, I do have a copy of it uh, uh, that I. Uh, I have that, and I have June's copy of. You know Tim Hollis, uh, you know Tim Hollis, but yes. Tim, Tim, um, so I go to Tim's house and he's got records everywhere. Cause I go, I've gone to Tim's house so much, right? <laughs> that, that Tim has a museum in his house, like it's right. like tour museum. And so much that I am his most frequent guest there. Oh, okay. Because I, because he's a resident of Birmingham. So I go there regularly. Okay. Um, but, and the first time I saw that in person was was at Tim's house, but I have June's copy of the music cue only track mm-hmm. wow. to this record, which um, which apparently, which I know Tim. I asked Tim. I said, I said, Do you know anything about it? He says, Yeah, I know it. It was an easy find. I'm like, thanks. <laughs> um, I will say in general, Rocky and Bullwinkle stuff is easier to find now than when I became a, a big fan. But um, I guess let's start uh, with Amber, um, because I think uh, you're working on a project. But So tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got interested in Jay Ward things and doing this project and what the project sure, is. Sure, I'd love to see that. Yeah, sure. Well, I'm Amber Jones. I'm 16 years of age. I come from the north of England and I'm into lots of retro cartoons, both UK, USA, any cartoons is really just my fantasy. Um, So this project I'm working on is a documentary on the voice actor Bill Scott. Mm -hmm. And what it does, it, it's documenting his life from birth to death. It was originally going to be a documentary on his voices and showcasing all the voices he's done for cartoons, but I then changed it so it would include like everything he's done in his life 
because I felt as if that would be more informative. <laughs> yes, I agree. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, obviously, you've probably watched Rocky and Bullwinkle and all the other cartoons he was involved with, even Gummy Bears and things like that later on. Uh, how did you come upon this project to work on? Well, it all started with June Frey. I mean, I idolized June. Um, unfortunately, she passed away, um, obviously, before I could, you know, um, attempt to reach out to her. Um, but I enjoyed... <laughs> Camden, I wish I was more like you. <laughs> okay, so I then obviously watched June in Adventures of the Gummy Bears. And then I discovered Bill Scott. So mm-hmm. I looked up Rocky and Bullwinkle. And I watched it, and I was like, this is actually quite cool. So I got into Rocking Bullwinkle. I started collecting memorabilia. I've got plushes, key rings, DVDs. Um, most of them are shipped from abroad because you, there isn't much Rocking Bullwinkle merchandise in the UK apart from two DVDs and a plush. <laughs> That's it. I'm wow. afraid, so. <laughs> I was going to ask you that, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah, sh- shipping costs. Shipping costs come around to more than 20 pounds <laughs> so <laughs> i really just slashed my cash on that anyways so i got into bill and i researched his life and i looked at all the other shows he did which obviously led me into watching jay ward's cartoons and many other stuff that he he did so i looked up like was there anything i could buy to do with bill like a book or a, watch something on youtube and then i found out there was nothing there was no book no biography no nothing there was, there was literally nothing i mean you, you like june got a book she got a documentary people like paul freeze hans conry they all got a documentary or a biography in some way but they all got nothing and right. i feel as if yeah. he's really gone under the radar i think that amber should write a book on bill because bill is the only person not to have a book about him and all of those books are published by bear manor media he's the only cast member that Bear Man Media has not published a book about. Wow. I mean, I didn't know all the other ones did, but, you know, and I kind of keep track of everything that they publish, but because I am published by them myself. But anyway, yeah, I didn't realize that. It's like, hmm, okay. Um, I think it does, well, I was going to say, does it have anything to do with he passed away a long time ago, but then Paul Fries did, too, and so did Don's No, no, I mean, like, I mean, like, they published one or something. I might yep. be wrong. Maybe Charlie Ruggles doesn't have one. <laughs> I don't know. I, well, I think there is one, but I think it, it might be it might be a different publisher. June does. Yeah. Obviously, June does. Yeah. Because it's her book. Yes. Um, but Bill Scott's the only one, as far as mm-hmm. I know. Well, since you're talking, Camden, I'll just kind of switch to you. We'll be switching back and forth. Um, so tell me a little bit about yourself and how you got involved in this project and how you know Amber. Well... <laughs> Um, well, so I got, I'm, well, so I've been obsessed with cartoons for a while. I remember when I was in kindergarten, certainly probably when I was kindergarten and like, you'd find tapes and stuff like that. And then you grow out of just by each year, probably until my peak was in probably fifth grade, I would get more and more and more interested in different things. And fifth grade was peak where I would skip class and I had this obsession with printing. Mm-hmm. I would literally, like, I would find random collectors. I remember Dave Mitchell's one, and I literally, like, wasted away the school's printing, the school's <laughs> ink. Mm. I think I printed, like, 300 pages one day, and I never told anybody. 
Hmm. They don't need to know. They didn't need to know. <laughs> but I just skipped class and did that instead, which probably shouldn't have done that. But <laughs> well, but oh, but um, and and but and then probably about the first time I met somebody was about and. And I've been all historical by fifth grade was the peak, but then I grew more and more interested in, in that. And then soon classic TV, classic movies, classic radio, stuff like that. Obviously comic strips have always been interested too. Mm-hmm. But, and then one story is when I was 13, my family, we went to a trip in Los An- to Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And you know the Chuck Jones Center for Creativity in Los I Angeles? I haven't been to it, but I know about it, yeah. Yeah, so I went there, and it was the only day that they were closed of the year. <laughs> so I'm, like, banging on the door. I'm, like, oh, my God. Can't... <laughs> so the lady, Miss Carol, let me in, and literally, I, know, I met Linda Jones that day, and who's grandson Craig, and I became friends with them, too. Mm-hmm. That was, like, the only day of the year they're there, which is great, because I'm, I'm probably going off tangent a bit. That's just, <laughs> sorry, that's just the way I talk, but I just, I'm really lucky about meeting people randomly. Yeah. Because the first time I went to San Francisco, I met Leonard Moulton at the Walt Disney Museum. He was just standing there looking at a thing. Like, <laughs> like he was just standing there looking at the thing. No one seems to pay attention that Leonard Moulton is standing there. Right. <laughs> no one knows who the, no one apparently knew who this was in this museum. Right? So I walk up to him, I'm like, and then I'm like, oh, I didn't want to bother him, so I walked away. And then Leonard comes back to me, and we walked through. The, I literally was walking through the entire Nine Old Men exhibit there. That was especially that was that was there with Leonard Malton giving me an audio commentary through the whole thing. Oh wow! <laughs> I'm That's like, cool. That's cool. I'm thinking to myself, and I'm and I'm also looking around, and clearly no one seems to notice that this is going on. That Leonard Malton is standing here. That's funny. So again, how, how did you yeah, uh, meet Amber? That's what I really like trying to ascertain. <laughs> well, I meet Amber about, met Amber about the same way you did, Facebook. Okay. Um, because I I have this June Foray Facebook page. Hmm. I posted some photo, and Amber said, and she said what she's doing. I'm like, sweet. I'm like, nice. <laughs> so I've been going back and forth with her ever since about Bill Scott. Helping her get people to talk to, mm-hmm. helping helping her find resources, looking at her script, everything. Mm-hmm. Like I had to, like remember I asked you about Paul and Chaveri's interview so we can get info on Bill's career. Time for Beanie, it's time for Beanie. Right. Um. Like Beanie and Cecil, like in, and so because Amber, she asked for help on the stuff, not Jay Ward, like Prit, and I'm like, well. And I said, well, I don't know anything about after Jay Ward, okay? Mm-hmm. And I don't know anything, but I know a lot about Warner Brothers, Beanie and Cecil. I don't know much. I didn't know much about John Sullivan either, but I knew people who she could reach out to, Carl Cohen being one. Yeah. Well, I did... Um, I- just to interrupt, I did an article once. After we're done, I probably have to give you guys a bunch of sources and stuff because now that I know a little bit better on what you're working on, um, I did an article for Hogan's Alley magazine about John Sutherland Productions way back when, in the, 
probably early 90s. No, it was not that early. Uh, probably in the early 00s, early 2000s, whatever. <laughs> so and, yeah, before I had subscription. And uh, let's see what else. Um, we just lost, I don't know if you know, David M. Mruz. I don't know how to pronounce his name. I never did. Uh, no. He used to publish a fanzine called uh, Mind Rod, and then later it was called Animania. He actually did an interview with Bill Scott, or at least somebody did, that was in one of those issues. So right. uh, well, about a year or two before he died, and it's pretty thorough. So I, I, it's... I had this brilliant idea for Amber, which was, you know, um, the, you know when you buy a Disney Blu-ray and those documentaries on the side that have like some Walt sound alike? I had this awesome idea. It's like really far-fetched and insane, but you get someone like Keith Scott and beg them to do a Bill Scott impression, reading lines that are not audio of Bill Scott, just like they did with Waltz. Mm -hmm. So, um, <laughs> so Amber, how far are you along with the project? What are you, what, what are you needing or what are you looking at or what do you have, <laughs> I guess? Well... As of late December 2020, I'm really just finishing up and adding extra touches to the script because the main basis is done. I just need to add more information on Bill's time at Warner Brothers, UPA, Bob Clampett, because that's really, is that, I think it's more of his early life that I'm having trouble researching on. I yeah. mean, it's hard to just like keep note of every single source I have and every single web page and everything like that. Like sometimes I can't be organized because, well, it's it's been hard to work on this documentary because I have um, Asperger's syndrome and I get distracted really easily, so I can't focus on a lot of things like really quickly. And when I do, I can't stop. It's <laughs> it's either it's, it's you got yin and a yang. It's it's either I'm gonna do it, um, and then I completely get stuck into it, or I'm like now I'm not gonna do it and I leave it for a few days. So we're slowly getting there. <laughs> mm -hmm. So there's no real time frame per se at the moment of getting it done it's just you work on it and stop and then work on it and stop like that yeah i'm okay. hoping to get it out probably by next spring the okay. latest okay so like i said offline you know when we're done with this so you know i can ask you what you have and what you have and if um i don't have any audio interviews with bill scott yeah, yeah i do That's have a couple of problems ones, i know amber you told me once isn't that one of the problems you're having so you have a lot of you have a lot of you do have some material, but it's hard because didn't you tell me Amber that you wanted like you were trying to find a way that like you wouldn't be narrating the whole thing during those periods? Was that right? Uh, well, I don't know what you mean by that. Because <laughs> you told me like, one time that you says you said you have a lot of like we were talking about the Warner's career. She says you have a lot of interviews, but not enough to where it wouldn't just be narration. And then, oh yeah, for the Warner Brothers stuff, yes, and yeah. the early life stuff, yeah. You said the, you said the major issue though is the Sutherland stuff. That's the yeah. hardest stuff you said because there's like nothing there. No, I'm trying yeah. to include as much as I can. <laughs> I'm gonna have to get you a copy of that. So yeah, like I said, you know, I'll make I'll make a checklist, or we we can email after. Like I said, it's kind of ironic and funny, you know. It, it, um, the only person I interviewed for the Sutherland thing um, was John Sutherland's son, uh, because Sutherland had passed away like a year before, typical as a historian, a year before I got the assignment to do it. So it's like, great. Now I can't actually interview the actual guy, but his son had a wealth of information. Unfortunately, I've lost complete track of him because it was about 15 years ago. 
but the article exists. And the only person I actually interviewed who worked with Bill Scott is Bill Melendez, who did all the peanuts specials. So yeah, I <laughs> we, go ahead. we've actually got one of the last people I actually got a hold of Skip Craig. Mm-hmm. Who um Oh yeah, who that's was, right. Um, yeah, Skip Craig who was who I did with an article for Cartoon Research, but I also did it for Amber. So every mention about Bill Scott is actually not in that interview on it for Amber's documentary. Because it was about half the thing with Bill Scott, the other half was just um and we tried other people. Um, like you help us free turn Joe Syracuse, Joe. Um, um, I don't think he. All right, how do I say this? I think he's just getting a little older. Yeah, unfortunate. <laughs> By the way. Oh no, yeah, I remember that. I didn't mean. I yeah. Uh, is that okay to say, or is this? We're gonna. You're gonna edit this, right? Because I don't know. Well, I mean, I... don't say anything too critical. I mean, we know he's older. He's in his nineties. Uh, I can say this, you know, uh, speak for him is that, you know, he cares for his son because his son uh, has right. uh, some sort of uh, uh, also, also, handicap, you know, for lack of better term. At the time. Oh, he was busy at the time, okay? Mm-hmm. And I just don't think he remembered much. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like if you talk to Joe nowadays, I mean, he'll talk to you about, like, his years with Spike Jones. He might talk a little bit about UPA, but I noticed there is a difference because I did um, an interview with him for my DePatty Freeling book because he worked there uh, for a number of right. years. And he gave me some great stories. And then uh, a few years later, um, I did a book about uh, the Alvin and the Chipmunks, and he worked for Format Films there too. But he wasn't really excited about talking to me again. And I kind of chalked it up that he pretty much told me everything he was going to say and he doesn't really remember anything else and you know so I have to just as a historian and you'll learn this both of you it's like sometimes you just have to take what you got you know and and work with it yeah that's that's what I yeah I I'm sure Amber definitely has learned this too with with when I've interviewed people because you just have to go with it and then sometimes I was just like, because when I interview people for the June Foray thing, I'm like, all right. I learned, I had a lot of different experiences. Most of the people were really nice, but I had a couple different experiences that made me learn a lot. <laughs> Let me look in my box here. See, I, I brought, here's my, here's my J-Word box. <laughs> and I just have wow. like, lots of paper stuff in here. Um, I mean, I could show you this random stuff that I just saw. Quisp and Quake comic book, you know. So, <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, they still, still sell Quisp cereal. And they got a, a Bullwinkle plate there. But I, I, there's something here I was going to talk to you about. With the one. Cheerios kid? Yes. Um, if I have it in here, I think I do. Uh, keep talking amongst yourself. No, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Right. Uh, well, okay, I'll just tell it, and then if I find it, I find it. Oh, here it is. No, that's a calendar. Um, <laughs> I may not have it in here. Okay. Um, I'll tell you a little my background with uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle. So, you know, obviously, I, it's older than me. It originally aired in the, oh, wait, the, wait, can I pull this the early 60s and late 50s. Can I show this? Say that again? Can I show this before you start? Sure, can I sure, show sure. this before you start? Go ahead. Uh, here is the original script, the TV edited script to Magoo's A Thousand One Arabian Nights, with, with which Bill Scott wrote. Wow, cool. 
And let's see. Here's where we're at. Let me just hold on. I'll go get some stuff as well. Okay. Uh, let's see. I can't find it, but I will tell you what it is when she gets back. Uh, oh man, I got a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> oh boy. I forgot about this stuff. I haven't looked at my J-Lord stuff in years. Um, cause, you tell, you tell my room, everything's just, every, you tell my room, I, I've been collecting for a while, but most of mine is not stored. It's just on shelves or something. Oh, okay. In my case, and, you know, I'll show this again when Amber comes back. Um, okay, so uh, I can tell my long, boring story because it's <laughs> so, you know, all the Rocky Bullwinkle shows aired in the early 60s and, you know, started in 59, of course. Uh, I used to watch them on Saturday mornings and reruns in the early 70s, but um, I never thought much of them, you know, because I, I don't know if I thought they were too below me. I tended to, uh, I mean, too above me or whatever. Yeah, I, I just didn't get it. But I also didn't know that there was actually a continuity. They would always have, you know, on our next episode, it will be this or this. And the next time I'd watch Rocky and Bullwinkle, it would be a completely different story. And so I just thought they were like these just little self-contained right. things that had a cliffhanger. And then uh, in the early 80s, a local TV station in San Francisco started, which is where I used to live, um, started playing them in order. And they made a big announcement. We're bringing back Rocky and Bullwinkle. And we're going to play them in the original order. And I go, cool. And then I said, wow, these have like a yeah. real story. And of course, they started with the Moon Fuel one, which is the longest story. And uh, I was really getting into it. And suddenly, I just like everything Rocky and Bullwinkle. So it's probably like you, I was uh, yeah, about 12, 12, or thir 12 or 13 when that happened. So I mean, I'm like roughly your ages now. Yeah, I was probably younger. about 12 or 13 when I yeah. really became interested in Bullwinkle. I was probably eight, six or seven when I was like Warner, when I first interested in Warner, but probably a little bit older when Bullwinkle. Because the first time I saw Rocky and Bullwinkle, the first thing that I saw was the Moon Men back to back. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, is this the whole series? Because you go through the, nearly the entire first season. I'm like, this is a long story. <laughs> it is, yeah. And uh, I know now, since I've done my total television book, which I'll, I'll show off here now. Right. <laughs> this one. <laughs> um, I have mine signed by you. Hey, great. Thank you. I think, um, I, yeah, I, I think I have but, every but, book. I, I know now by you and saying I've signed. Oh, thank you. Um, I know now that uh, General Mills didn't like that long, long story. They said, "Can't you make him only like a few episodes each?" And that that was one of the reasons why Total Television did their underdog things into four parts and uh, uh, King Leonardo in two parts. You know, because they figured most people wouldn't have the attention span to go weeks and weeks and weeks with this thing. But. Uh, you know, but ahead. the General Mills, though, I got a quick question for them. The General Mills was the cut and cutting them together because I remember you said in an interview on, I think it was on Stu's show, that the worst, like they were, you were talking about how they would cut and piece them together, like like the Jay Ward and the Total Pepper would be jammed together. And you said that there would even be examples with Rocky and Bullwinkle segments in the middle of Tennessee Tuxedo for some random reason. Yeah. Is that it's true? Because, yeah. And it's because it wasn't necessarily on the original run, although a few of those did happen. It was mainly because of General Mills was the overall 
right. company and uh, Dancer Fitzgerald, uh, whatever, uh, <laughs> the ad agency was really the controlling interest of the whole thing uh, to get it on the air and everything like that. Um, I mean, obviously, Jay Ward in Hollywood and um, Total Television in New York had quite a bit of freedom, but they still had to, you know, bow to the dictates of, you know, General Mills and the other uh, to a certain extent, because that's just how TV in America was at that time. Right. It, it just was. Uh, the, sponsor, was just the sponsors dictated everything. The other was it um, Gamma Productions. Well, Gamma did the animation, and right. that was done in Mexico City, except for the first year of Rocky and Bullwinkle. It was Valmar and you know stuff like that, which is related to Gamma. But um, there's a long involved story. We'll we'll give a plug to this. I'm sure you all have this book. So this is yeah. the book to get, you know, if you don't have it. And this is the book that inspired this book. The so. other good book is. Um, <laughs> Would you just excuse me one moment, please? Yes. I think the best book though for for um for Jay Ward though is if you want to buy about the writers and the history of the series is is obviously Keith's book, and then if you want to get the art, it's obviously Daryl's book. Oh yeah, I have that one too right here. So let me show that one off. Yeah, interesting story about Daryl's that book. That one, yeah. <laughs> my friend, my friend Carol, who works yeah. at the Chuck Joseph, got me bought me a copy of Daryl's book signed, and June yeah. and Daryl were signing it. Yeah. And so they actually, because my friend Carol bought it, they actually signed both of them signed my book. To Carol Cameron, like think of the whole name. No. Oh. <laughs> yeah, mine mine is signed here. I could flip through and show it all to you. Yeah. But it's like it's not that important. Uh, so you were you there at that signing, or you you've got somebody else? No, to sign I've never time. met. I never met June. I got oh, to talk okay. on the phone before. Okay. And okay. I remember, I begged Carol to get Craig, who's Chuck's grandson, to let me talk to June. I I I probably was I was it was I was not on my hands and knees, but it pretty much was. No, <laughs> but and finally they got to do it, and I was warm before, you know. She's older, so probably fifteen minutes is good enough. Well, I think it was like an hour and a half or something longer, and so where Craig was on the other line, just silent, and and I think he was. It's I I imagine he was not thinking it would be that long. Mm-hmm. I was. I think that everyone thought it'd be fifteen minutes, but it was like an hour and a half. Wow. <laughs> Did you get any good information or anything like that? No, I was just chatting with June. I wish we reported it. But, oh, okay. um, but it was an hour or 35 minutes or to like an hour and a half or something. It was pretty long. But mm. it was a lot longer than they wanted it to be, I think. Mm. But, oh, well. Yeah. But, um, but and what's interesting is, so she did Rocky and Natasha on the phone. Um, mm-hmm. She was probably 95, four at the time. This was like right, probably right in the middle of when she couldn't, she couldn't, um, she wasn't allowed to do Rocky or Bullwinkle on that short, right? Mm-hmm. Because Rocky, because like, remember, like they were originally, were originally um, not going to have her do Rocky either. Hmm. But um, if you know the history of that short, which. I gotta say, I'm not a fan. I think they should have gotten Keith Scott to do the voice of Bullwinkle, too. <laughs> but, and she did it for me. And then, then she doesn't do the short. Like, it was like a, like two months later that that short was released. I'm like, why isn't she doing Natasha? And you read online, it's like, she couldn't do it. I'm like, well, she did it for me. And I found out later she recorded the track for Natasha. Mm-hmm. Like, 
So that made no sense. <laughs> so um, let's see. I, I I I guess I could sit here and just show off, and you know, forgive me if I seem like a show off, <laughs> but yeah, you know, I did meet June twice um, when I did my total television book. Uh, I did go to San Diego Comic Convention, and there's a gallery in Los Angeles area called Van Eaton Galleries, which yeah, uh, was know. where they had that June Foray thing years yeah. later. Um, and uh, at the, that was at the time her book came out. Her book came out basically the same month mine did at Bear Manor Media. And so they sat us side by side. And so I was just sitting there just uh, chit-chatting with her while we were both signing books. It was actually kind of cool. I didn't really get any real information about out of her because, you know, it's like, you know, I figured it was in the book and, you know, we were there to sign autographs. But, you know, right. she just kind of casually mentioned, you know, a couple things she'd done and stuff like that. And I, I was mainly like me going, oh, you know, I like you on the uh, Stan Freeberg records and things like that. Yeah. So, um, but that was my first encounter. The second encounter was at that uh, same place, Van Eden Gal. It was at the real Van Eden Galleries, and at uh, when you know, you know, the, this <laughs> when this was there, the Art of J Ward, and another book because Jerry Beck was there, uh, his Peabody and Sherman book. So, uh, yeah. Um, anyway. Uh, and that time she was, I hate to say, pretty elderly, you know, so uh, she was in a wheelchair by that point. And, uh, you know, she was, I hate to say, kind of out of it for lack of a better term, you know, but it's like, it's going to happen to everybody. Yeah, I, I, suppose, I, I think know. that, um, by the way, I think that, well, here's a funny story about Sam Freeberg. Can I tell you the story? Sure. So we sure. were in Hawaii for my dad's 50th birthday. We were in this restaurant, and when I was younger, when I was probably in middle school, I had this habit of telling people who clearly did not look like somebody that they looked like somebody. When you look back, they look nothing like this person, even if, or maybe only slightly. But I told the waiter that they looked like Stan Freeberg. <laughs> of course, no one else at the table, other than maybe my parents, I don't remember, knew who Stan Freeberg was. <laughs> the guy says, Fran Freeberg, he takes me up. My parents were like, where's Camden? I'm at this bar, but apparently this guy used to, was Frank Zappa's publicist, the mm. waiter. I wish I knew this guy's name, but I never even asked his name. I have to be mm. honest. I never asked for his name. Never even went that far. Mm -hmm. I honestly can't remember what the name, right the name of the restaurant was, but I swear to God, this is true. The guy was Frank Zappa's publicist, and he used to work at CBS Records. And so he knew Stan Freeberg. And, he, and then he says, then he knew Jack Benny. I mentioned him. And he knew, I'm like, this random dude I met in Hawaii who's serving us drinks. And he was telling the truth. And this random old, old dude selling, brings me up to the bar and starts talking to all the celebrities. Mm -hmm. Parents have no idea where I am. They find me at the bar, right? Talking to this gentleman. Which I'm like, I'm like shocked, like, because that was just like, like I said, I have this habit of meeting random people at the right time. Mm -hmm. But so yeah, cool. it was. Was it, it was so? It, I, I kind of lost you there. Was it Stan Freeberg or was it the? It was just the publicist. No, it was just some dude who I said oh, okay. Stan Freeberg, but he happened to <laughs> okay. be. He happened to know Stan Freeberg, and he was Frank Zappa's publicist. Oh, okay. All right. Very cool. 
I did meet Stan once. Uh, I know he didn't work for J-Word, but we'll kind of get through this quickly. It's like he was at another convention, again, very elderly. And then here's the ironic thing, and this is how it ties back in. The same night uh, that June Frey was at this uh, Van Eaton Gallery, Stan Freeberg was over at um, uh, this radio convention that I was also attending across town. But... I, you know, I decided to kind of basically flip a coin and I decided I'm going to do the, the Bullwinkle thing tonight, you know, and stay with June. And I, I, t- I mentioned that to Jerry Beck. And he said, you pick the right one. And I go, OK, <laughs> you know, but it's like it just frustrated me. It's like both people that I like, they're across town and I can't see both of them at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I, so. I got OK, I'll show my first thing. Okay. This this here is it's June for a day in Hollywood. Oh, that's cool. And then. Here's the other one that says the city of Long Beach, California. It's Rocking Bullwinkle Day. Wow. Now, is this stuff from her personal collection, or what is it? Yes, but this is stuff I want at Heritage Auctions. Oh, all okay. That, all that stuff that they gave me. Okay. Okay, but, but it's still from her personal collection. Yes, yes. Okay, got it. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Must be nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, um, so, the... Uh, Let's see. I, I'll just kind of shift gears a little bit and just say, go back to my story about uh, how I got interested. So I got interested when I was like 12 or 13. Um, I don't know if either of you are familiar. Uh, J. Ward Studios in Hollywood, they had a building next door called the Dudley Do-Right Emporium that was opened right, in 1971. Yeah. Okay. So, and it was still open in the early 80s. And I think they closed in the 90s. I went there right after they closed. Um, but... Um, I went there quite a few times when they were still open. The first time I went, Jay Ward was still alive. They were still making cartoons, just Captain Crunch serial commercials by that point. But he he was a very, very shy man. And so he never came up to the front counter. His wife would. And so anything I ever bought from them, which I'll show you some things I bought there, that's what's kind of leading me to. Um, they used to sell reproductions of scripts. And so like I have a George of the Jungle mm-hmm. show script. And, you know, it's just things like that. You know, I, and I just buy a bunch of this stuff. And, uh, you know, I don't know how much it's worth now. It's just, it's in my collection. <laughs> There's a Crusader Rabbit one. Oh, really? They sold the Crusader? I didn't, yeah, I yeah. was confused. Like, did Jay, show. Did, I didn't know that they sold Crusader Rabbit stuff there. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they, they did? Anything and everything that they had, you know. Really? Because I wouldn't have known that, that Jay would have owned parts of the Crusader Rabbit well, in his store, I mean, he could literally sell everything. He actually sold things with W.C. Fields and, uh, you know, the old right. movie stars because he liked them. You know, it's like right. he had. Uh, so anyway, that's some of that stuff. But, uh, yeah, I'd go in that store all the time. Then um, Jay Ward and his wife passed away. And so you'd see Tiffany Ward, who still owns everything now. Right. And um, uh, I don't know where I'm going with it. It's just that I used to go there a lot. And then uh, when they're uh, finally closed... You know, you know, you, they're demolishing the building and everything. The building's still there, but they had to refurbish it because it had termites yeah, and everything they, like they, that. They finally <laughs> took the Bullwinkle statue back. <clears throat> they took it away. Yeah, they took the Rocky and Bullwinkle statue away for a few years to refurbish that. Um, the first time I saw it in, like, 1980, everything was, like, chipped paint and faded. I mean, it was like Bullwinkle looked pink. I have, it, I, it was like faded by the sun and you know there's chips of paint off everything it really looked pretty 
And then years later, you know, they refurbished it and made it all look nicey-nicey. But, uh, you know, I hate to say, Jay Ward kind of just let it slowly decompose during the 70s favorite, and 80s though, post George of the Jungle. Anyway, My favorite, though, is and Skip Craig told me, he says, yeah, Jay would just make crazy purchases like that all the time. Mm-hmm. And he said that just because, just because he wanted to. Mm-hmm. Right? And he said, and he said, he said, one like my favorite though is the um, the eat your heart out Burt Reynolds um, with Bullwinkle in a with Bullwinkle. I'm trying. I'm showing trying to find some original documents from that from the statue. <laughs> if I have like the original Dooms ticket, like says, come see the statue. Yeah. And like the press releases and all that stuff. Those her family gave me. Hmm. Here's um. You were invited to the premiere of the Bullwinkle show at J. Ward Productions. Okay, the President of the United States of America. Here it is right here. Mm-hmm. First, here it is. Here's some invitation. Oh, wow. Can I read it? Sure. The President of the United States of America, it's crossed out, mm-hmm. and J. Ward Productions it takes pleasure in inviting you to the world premiere performance of the Bullwinkle show on NBC Sunday evening, September 24th, which was actually my birthday, 1961. Hmm. The producers have made the arrangements with the National Broadcasting Company that this gala premiere is piped into your home for your convenience. Refreshments immediately following the show at the refreshments immediately following the show at your friendly neighborhood tavern. Wow! <laughs> and this was for Kennedy. Is that what, which for president? Okay. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and there's another one that says here's another invitation that says you were invited formally invited to to attend the world premiere viewing of the Bullwinkle show on August 22nd, mm-hmm. 9 p.m. at the Writers Guild of America. We're confident that a person of your... What was it? Your pers... <laughs> Perspicity, I guess. Okay. <laughs> Culture and taste will be delighted by the... Su- Subtle satirical nature of char- of, a, of this charming and winning show. Free booze. Free booze. <laughs> Your choice tickets are enclosed. Dress will be semi-foil. Sneakers and top hat optional. Wow. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so um, let's see. So. Uh, what can I ask you? It's like, yeah, I, I mean, we could just continue to show. It's like I keep wanting to show things here now more than talk about things. So it's like, yeah, oh, I can't, I can't, I don't do what. <laughs> uh, she's gone for a second. Yeah. I, I said everybody could take a break if they need to for whatever reason. You know. So yeah. let's ask Amber a question since she just came back. <laughs> yeah, so um, say, here's the Kerwood Derby notice. I actually have that. <laughs> yeah. A lot of that stuff's from the, 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 the um, J Ward. Uh, see, like I'll show you. Uh, there is their address with my old address on it. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so um, when this uh, documentary, Amber, when this documentary is done, how long do you expect it to be? Is it, and where do you think it'll be shown? Do you have any of that planned at this point, or is it just working on it? Um, I'm probably going to make the documentary about 45 minutes to an hour. 
maybe. I, I, I don't know if I'll make it even longer because I don't think I'll be able to ride enough footage for it. But I'm thinking I'm definitely going to put it on YouTube. If okay. not that, I might put it on Vimeo if it gets copyrighted. Um, oh, I don't have good. any broadcasting rights or uh, I'm not selling it to anyone. I'm just solely just doing this because I'm a fan of Bill Scott. I'm not doing it for the money. I just do it because I adore him. Not wow. just as a voice actor, but as a writer and a producer. Mm-hmm. And uh, in doing this, I mean, you don't have to give away the store, as it were. <laughs> but uh, is there any... Inf- wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Hold on, Gavin. Uh, is there anything that you've discovered uh, about Bill Scott's life that... Uh, isn't widely known and you don't have to say what that is, but I mean, that, uh, is like, uh, really critical for this documentary. Well, there's not really any critical stuff. It's I'm not saying anything. There's nothing bad about him in this, in this documentary, but I have found out a lot of research and mainly the research I'm surprised with is from his family. I've spoken to his son and his daughter and they've provided me with a lot of information. I son sent me a whole Google photos folder full of old footage from the 50s, 60s. And I think the earliest one is definitely from 48 because there's, <laughs> there's a cam, there's a camcorder video and it's of, his son as a baby and bill holding him mm-hmm. and i was like wow this this is amazing this is this has been so well preserved and then the rest of it then is just like bill spending time with his family or doing anything there's nothing to do with jay ward it's mainly just more family stuff mm-hmm. and i believe yeah he was he was really nice to everyone he met and i don't think i've spoken to someone and they have said anything bad about him so i've heard just good stuff about him that's very cool. I mean, for me, uh, if, you know, not knowing you or knowing you or whatever, you know, if I just came across a documentary about Bill Scott, first of all, I'd watch it. But second of all, that's the stuff that I would want to know is like his family life, his formative years was training or, you know, how he got interested in writing comedy or being in animation uh, more than say the Jay Ward stuff, obviously you have to cover that, but it's like, um, I don't know much about the man prior to Jay right. Ward other than, yeah, he worked for UPA. Yeah, he worked for John Sutherland. Yeah, but that's it, <laughs> you know? I mean, there's a good yeah. there's a good UPA book too, but it doesn't really focus on him. It's mainly about the studio. So yeah, you're only gonna find maybe a page and a half of material out of that about the person. Yeah. It's... Yeah. Go ahead. Um... I think the coolest thing I've seen that Amber showed me, that he's found, she's found all these great interviews with Bill. Mm-hmm. Like all these great, so I think she has, Amber, you have at least, probably I'm guessing six hours of interview footage you have to go through. Yeah, like there's one from Robert Stone, there's one from Paul Mayer's old website, there's, 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 there's a lot more, and there's one with um, Charlie Myerson, um, which is buried deep in the internet, which I've managed to get a hold of. Um, that's from 83 um and i think the hardest material um to get a hold of which i haven't been able to get a hold of it's lost media it's the episode of his hollywood that had jay ward and bill scott on it um mm. that was recorded in 1962 Ooh. and uh, no one has footage of it not even jay ward's family or mm. bill's family probably lost so, i'm guessing would you think i it could be lost but you never know stranger things pop up in the darndest places so yeah uh, i would say keep yeah. looking but even if you have to finish the documentary and then it comes up you can always you know right. either 
amend it or you know, add it as a bonus feature if you get it on uh, DVD or some other media. You know, but anything. There will be a director uh, score, I promise. <laughs> Did you, so you've gotten uh, some audio interviews with Bill? Uh, have you been able to do that? Oh, that's very good. Okay, because yeah, I only yeah. know print ones. You know, there's which... only about there's more audio than video interviews because the only really video ones that I found are the two ones on YouTube. There's I haven't been able to find any others on any other websites or from yeah. anyone else. Yeah. yeah. Well, I know you really never. There's I think the coolest one that Amber has. There's another cool one with Bob Plaster that Bob Plaster did. Mm-hmm. Which you can find that on his website, but it's it's got Jabil and Jim yeah. during when Rocky Bowling yeah. was produced. I think uh, there's an interview. Yeah, there's an interview. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, say that again. I'm sorry. I, I was going to say that that was on um, KCRW uh, eighty three or four, I believe. Oh no, was it was eighty five. Uh, I can't remember. It was definitely <laughs> mid eighties. <laughs> okay. Um... Now, one thing I have, and I could probably get you a copy of it because I need to digitize it anyway because it's still on the tape, is, um, and I offered this to Ben Omart, who's written the Paul Fries book with Fred Fries, and uh, he just didn't want it for some strange reason. But um, Paul Fries did an interview with KGO Radio in San Francisco about a year or two before he passed away. And he doesn't really say too much about Bill, but, you know, he's still one of the principals of the whole enterprise as it were so uh yeah i could digitize and get you that copy you may have said a couple quotes i haven't listened to it in years but uh it's very rare because you know the radio station would probably never play anything like that anymore and you know it's probably copyrighted still but you know i've never heard it anywhere else so i have it on a tape somewhere so um Let's see. Uh, is there any, like, Amber, is there any, like, major holes in the story that you're like, ah, I wish I could fill in, like, I don't know, like, his childhood, let's say. I don't know. You know, anything like that? It's mainly, really, his childhood and early career, like, Warren as EPA, John Stuff, and I think Jay Ward onwards and um, the, his 80s career. Oh, actually, the Captain Crunch stuff, that, 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 there's a massive hole in that. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I need to timetable a lot of different days. Oh, yeah, today I'm going to work on Captain Crunch. Tomorrow I'm going to work on the UPA stuff. <laughs> Make myself organized. All right. Well, so, you know. Yeah, that yeah. works. I'll, I'll see if I can find anything like that. You know, it's like that I can help you with. I don't, Thank you. you know, but I don't know if I have anything. But I, I do, uh, you know, like I said, so I became a fan in the early 80s. And then he passed away in 85. And it's like, you know, I was like, <clears throat> yeah. And then Paul Fries passed away in 86. Is like, they weren't terribly old, these people. You know, I'm almost approaching the age yeah. they were. It's like, you know, was and it? Then Bill's uh, Butler went, and then Jay Ward went. Uh, passed away right about that time, too, didn't he? Which one? Yeah. I think Jay went in 89. Yeah, that's right. And fortunately, yeah. uh, June was with us for a long time. But, uh, you know, it's like uh, she only had one side of the story. So, uh, it was kind of unfortunate. I probably would have started interviewing these people myself, you know, um, at the time. Uh, I was wondering if, uh, let's see, what was I going to say? Um, you can disclose this because, you know, I just don't remember. Um, what did Bill Scott pass away from? I mean, was it just all of a sudden? Um, like heart, heart attack. Heart attack, okay. Yeah. And, did and basically, he- it was weekend of Thanksgiving, Bob. <laughs> And did he have any yeah. prior can... hi- history with his heart or anything that you've discovered or anything like that? Or is it just all of a sudden? 
not really but um i've been told by a few people he knew that um he had cigars um i don't know how many but he apparently had one every night i think i do correct me if i'm wrong um so basically basically it was it was thanksgiving he had a cigar and he went to bed and it was early it was about 2 3 a.m in the morning bill woke up clutched his chest screamed well, not really screamed, but yelled. Dorothy mm. woke up, Bill fell on the floor and just died. That's mm. why that happened. Obviously, um, his wife, Dorothy, screamed. His son, Rob, came upstairs, did CPR, and obviously was pronounced dead when the ambulance arrived. That's too bad. No, yeah. I don't think he had any heart conditions or anything. Because yeah. at the time, you know, when they when they said it, even in animation publication, a lot of times... They'd give like a paragraph to it, you know. It's like so. I really never knew. I just oh, knew, yeah. you know. There's like a paragraph in the newspaper yeah. it says, "And Bill Scott, who uh, did the voice of Bullwinkle and Mr. Peabody, is dead," you know. And that's about it, you know. It's like nowadays yeah. there'd be everybody on Facebook saying, oh, da, 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 you know, and everything. Yeah. It's like that's the difference between then and now. You had to like pull information of things, and you never get it. You know, it's really weird. Um, yeah. So it's actually kind of interesting how you two as younger people have become fans, but yeah, it's easier to access information in a certain respect, certain respect it's not, you know, because yeah. the people aren't around to talk to. So, you know, so we've, we've tried, either we've talked to everyone who's still around or we've gotten access to people, access to interviews and footage. Like one of the animators or designers, Amber is Ray Favada and, Animator, or was he a designer? What? What? <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> is it Ray Liotta? Is that what you said? Ray... You repeat that. I don't know what you said. Uh, repeat it. I don't know what kind of said. Um, an animator, a designer. What do you mean? Have I interviewed one? Or... No, Ray Ray Fabata. Because remember, we got. Oh, him, yeah. I've, I've got his um, interview where he Okay, what was well, the name again? Sorry. I'm not familiar with the name. Yeah, I was, you know, say his name again, please. Ray Favata. Ray oh, okay. Favata, I think. Yeah, is that how you say it? Let me see. I've forgotten, too. It's something Let like that. Let me see if he's in this. Yeah, Ray, this Va- Ray Favata. <laughs> Let me see. Um, because yeah, this is a very handy book. My copy. I mean, I don't know if either of you know it's this. Probably- it's too bad. It's too bad. It's really out of print and it's really expensive. So Amber does not have a copy. Yeah, of, Ray Favata. I have this? the interview of saved. Yeah. Of, you don't have a copy of this? Oh, yeah. I, I. Yeah, he's. I think I don't he, have that book. he and okay. Skip Craig are two of the last people around. Let's see. It I seems like there's one more that's right. still around, but I, I think, yeah, you might be right. Uh, Alan Burns. Alan Burns. Alan Burns, too, yes. I've tried to reach him. No luck. Oh, that's too bad. And Alan Burns. That from anyway. Let's see. I always hate that when, you know, you're trying to track somebody down and uh, they just won't do it. I, my difficulty, but I got around it pretty easily on my total television book was Larry Storch. Now I have found interviews since, so it's not been that big of a deal, but you know, he, you know, at the time yeah. he had like some handler who right. was like saying, yeah, give me a hundred dollars and I'll talk to him. It's like, no, I'm not going to just pay you randomly somebody I really that, don't know. That happened to me a lot, too. <laughs> yeah. That's happened to both of us. Because, yeah. like, when I try to do my June thing or whatever, it's not always the agents, either. It's their secretaries. Yeah. 
It's like a receptionist of the agents who have no idea who June Frey or Bill Scott is, right? Right. Um, like, they never, like, I I struggled to get, like, Tara Strong, who I interviewed with that project. <laughs> I interviewed her, but... Obvious. I was I was a little nervous because her agent was on the line next to us. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Like... Oh, Tara, Tara's lovely. Yeah. And so the whole thing with me, with me being extremely nervous because her and, her and her agent were both on the line. So I'm like, I'm not prepared for this. What do I do? <laughs> right? Yeah. Like I said, you, you sometimes I just work with what you got. Um, uh, is yeah. you, you both are talking about that you've gotten great cooperation uh, from the Scott family and from uh, Tiffany Ward. Uh, so... Other than, sure. people, other, than, uh, other than the people that you've uh, not gotten a hold of, I mean, you haven't gotten any pushback or anything like that, like saying, that's our property. Not legal. really. Okay, that's very good. Okay. Oh, no, no, not at all, not at all. I've, I've asked the Scott family, though, I'll send you the documentary when it's finished. If you don't like um, anything that's in there, just let me know, I'll take it out. Uh, Tiffany Ward, I haven't worked with her on this. Um, oh, okay. She was too busy. Um, but I've spoken to many big people i've spoken to tara strong i've spoken to Corey burton and i've even spoken to frank welker as well hey very and good frank's yeah. definitely frank's definitely one of the giants and i had a I had a ball speaking to him he was brilliant i haven't yeah. even spoken to frank welker <laughs> anyway, so you, you got one on me amber yeah <laughs> i wanted I to get him for the the batty freeling and go go ahead I got sure. for okay I'm just a consultant on this documentary. This is entirely Amber's thing. So, so everyone who's been, this is not my thing. This is entirely Amber's baby here. Mm -hmm. I'm just, I just help her and, and consult on different things. And I've read her script and all that. This is entire Amber's, Amber's deal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, getting the contacts is actually a, a good thing. I mean, it's like, right. you know, when, you know, I'm always willing to help anybody. So it's like, if you, uh, I mean, if you make me jump through hoops for something, I'm not going to do it. But I mean, it's like if you say, you know, do you have a contact here? Do you know this? Sure, I have a pro no problem. You know, I, I yeah. you know, so um, you know, and then let that person say yay or nay at that point. But um, for the most part, uh, I have nothing to hold back, and if anything, I want to help make it the best documentary you can make it. So. Yes. You know, it's like yeah. there's no reason to to keep it all to myself and say, no, I might do a Bill Scott book myself. You know, I know there are some celebrities that are that way. It's like you can't get them because, you know, oh, you, you know, I can't give you my information about Bill Scott because I'm doing my own tell all autobiography. I'm making that up. But that's probably not. That's a deal. Yeah. Yeah. It's just they just don't want to talk to you. And it, it comes with the territory, like I said. So, yeah. But, um. I know what it's like being on your side, both of you, you know, it's like being researcher or actually making either a book, book's equivalent of a documentary, it's just on a piece of paper, uh, that, you know, you want to be able to talk to everybody and you don't want the pushback. So, yeah, it's like, and there's no real point. I mean, it, it is a service. I mean, I don't have time to make a Bill Scott documentary, but I really want to watch one. So yeah. it's like, thank you, Amber, for doing that. You know, it's like, and I, hope it, I, I hope it comes out really well, you know. <laughs> what I help with is helping Amber find people, get contacts for people mm -hmm. or helping her get images. Like, 
helping her get images, helping her get contacts, helping her contact to reach out to see if it's okay to use certain things. Yeah. So, like footage, like so she can get permission to use everything she uses. That would be reasonable that you need permission of. Like if it's a broadcast, what are you gonna? But if it's like a certain documentary, like like there's a documentary Dawes Butler voice manager, and we contacted Arnold Cooner and directed it. She's his wife. Thank Amber's talking to his wife about it. Yeah, she just sent me an agreement form that I need to sign just to thing that I, you know, I'll, I will not edit the documentary in any way. It is entirely for use in the, my documentary. So. I, 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 don't think, I don't think you know, I don't think anybody can edit the documentary. No, oh, she sent me um, an agreement form. It says, you indicating your name and company are requesting the use for a, of a clip and voice magician that does with the documentary. What? Mm. Fancy, that's like a legal form. That's fancy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was Mr. Little documentary produced and directed by Arnold Arcuna. It's contained material regarding Bill Scott. You agree not oh. to edit the footage in any way. You agree to provide proper credit for, for the use of the clip to Arnold Arcuna, producer, director, or voice magician that does the documentary on the Bill Scott t- documentary entitled Blank. Then provide space for both our signatures. Sign it and send it to me. I will sign it and return to you, keeping a, a copy for my records. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> Just that's be very intense. careful that they don't t- try to take your your rights away on things. But uh, that sounds yeah. very up and up. You know, they just want to yeah, be so covered. Stan they just want their like, bases covered. I get yeah, it. Yeah, when I asked, I asked Mark, Mike, and Slissinger and Stan Tappel, and they both gave me contact for her for her yeah. immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah, um, Cam has been a big help with me, mm-hmm. and yeah, I appreciate him for that. <laughs> now here's here's a question you may or may not know, and I don't know this, and. Um, do you know the last time, other than maybe you said it in passing or something, the Bill Scott voice bullwinkle, was it uh, the Joe Piscopo album or uh, the Hershey's Chocolate Kisses commercial? Because those both came out at the same time. I believe it was the Hershey's Kisses commercial because I've seen a lot of things, a material on the internet saying it was Bill's last time doing bullwinkle. Okay. And he could still do it. He could still do it at 65. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's why I was impressed. I remember when that commercial came out and the the Piscopo album, which if you don't have that Joe Piscopo album, not the greatest album, but it's funny to hear. Uh, I've never uh, heard it. Both, well, excuse me? Neither have I. Yeah. Oh, I've never heard it before. Search it out. Uh, he's a comedian. He used to be on Saturday Night Live. Everybody used to be on Saturday Night Live. Uh, back in the early 80s. And he, he did a, a solo comedy album. I think it's just called Joe Piscopo. It might have a title. But he only did one comedy album, but it has June Foray and it has Bill Scott and they're performing um, Rocky and Bullwinkle. And there's kind of a running gag. I won't spoil it so you can get a copy. It's probably on YouTube somewhere. And uh, I'll I'll say the basic premise is that uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle have fallen on hard times. So they have to uh, do announcements at bullfights in Mexico. So and um, Bill Scott actually speaks fluent Spanish uh uh during the thing it's really kind of funny you know he's just rattling it off and june Frey says a few oh. phrases in spanish but you can tell she doesn't speak it fluently so she's just kind of phonetically sounding it out you know? but bill scott he's all oh, I mean, it's a very funny out al- that part's funny the album itself is kind of uneven but you know seek it out for that but that was like done like the last year of his life as well i don't know how appropriate it is for the documentary but just for your own entertainment value it'd be fun to dig out so <laughs> amber when did bill do that weird the thing with weird al which she which she he interviewed she interviewed brother who she interviewed by the way 
I've um, spoken to Weird Al Yankovic. That's what he means. <laughs> when, did, when did that thing with Weird Al? Um, when did he do that um, recording with Weird Al? Was that been towards the Yeah, Al said it was a few months before he died. So I'm okay, presuming it was that, probably. Was mid, that one of those like? Was that like one of those Al TV things or something like that that he used to do on uh, MTV or what was it? For? Oh. Uh, Al was recording a cover of the George of the Jungle theme, and oh, yeah. Yeah. they called him Bill. They called him Bill to do his famous Tarzan yells for it. But they, well, the producers wanted to re-record it, but I was like, "Oh, why can't we just do use from the cartoon because they're smoother?" Well, Al only worked with Bill for an hour, but he said he was really kind and he was really cool to meet. So, did he re-record his yells, or did they just use uh, stock sound? Yeah, I think he did re-record his yells. I don't oh, remember Al I didn't know that. Me, but that. going by what happened, hey, then, yeah. That's cool. Amber, I had that album, too, um, but I, I just figured it was just clipped from the opening. I didn't know. <laughs> I learned something today. See, you can teach me. Yes. Stuff. <laughs> anyway, um, Amber, um, go ahead. If this is, is, if, did you tell me earlier that the Weird Al thing is on the reel that you're going to show Mark? right now like on, on this podcast oh yeah out? yeah yeah i'll just get it real quick no i'm just asking uh, I, I might as well show it now but I'll okay yeah that. go ahead it's really good mark all right i'm looking <laughs> well i've i've put a bunch of i'll just i'll just quickly skip to the part where it is okay. no, well, yeah. why can't you show the whole reel the whole thing yeah sure well how, well, how long is it hosted it's about seven minutes. But oh, that's fine. Yeah, it says yeah, yeah. that it's. I I can't share it. It says the host disabled participant oh. screen sharing. Oh jeez. So you have to turn it on. <laughs> okay. You can try. I'll edit it in later. <laughs> you know. Anyway, um, I, I came I came across this. This is kind of an interesting thing, just because I'm going through my boxes. I'm talking to you. Uh, they have the official J Ward radio cassette tape catalog. So they used to sell old radio shows, and. Uh, it has this little cartoon on the back about Little Orphan Annie. It's actually kind of cute. Um, I don't know if Bill Scott drew some of these things, but he probably did, you know. So, um, but anyway, that's just something else. <laughs> I'm, I'm if you, if you showed it me, I probably would recognize it. Um, one other thing uh, that I have, which it's in, totally in a different box. Uh, there was a Rocky and Bullwinkle fanzine back in the uh, early 80s called the frostbite falls far flung flyer and uh they did it various yeah. interviews and things like that so i don't know if you have excuse me copies of that um but if you don't i can get you uh copies of that material if there's anything about bill in it so i'll find one <laughs> but sure you send it to me you go ahead okay. amber wasn't that the yeah we tried to reach out to whoever did that we didn't get a response oh charles ulrich yeah yeah I haven't talked to him in years. I mean, it's like I used to talk to him all the time, but he's kind of like, for lack of a better term, falling off the place of the face of the planet. So it's like I'm sure he's still around, but you know, he just—it's like it's long past or something like that. So I pulled out something. Is this the fractured fairy tales publicity kit? Mm-hmm. Like for flickers, sorry. Yeah, the only thing I have, and these are a little bit bent up on the side. I need to flatten them out. Uh, for everybody's watching fractured flexures bumper sticker and the other one here this is 
is yeah, watch, watch fractured, fractured flickers. I would never put these on my bumper. <laughs> <laughs> I might. That, that's something I would probably do. Well, I mean, I would never do it now because I'd never get them again. So it's like, you know. Oh, yeah, that's I, true. That's you true. Know. But I used to buy all sorts of weird things at that shop. I mean, I'm looking at, you know, it's like, wow, I haven't even looked at this stuff in years. And then the other thing, where I grew up is in Northern California, and they had a Bullwinkles restaurant, and I tried to get as much stuff about that. And I think Bill Scott did do the voice for the he did. animatronics. Oh, he did. Yeah. Uh, but ironically, Paul Freeze didn't, even though he was one of the instigators of this. He was the one that actually tried to get this going, but he didn't lend his voice for it. But I kind of know why, because in later years, uh, Paul Freeze was kind of like, I'm not going to LA for anything. I'm not going to do this. You know, he was getting a little bit curmudgeon-y, so I, I get it. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, he was replaced with, uh, I think it was Joe Alasky. I think it was Joe Alasky. That's yeah. probably Alaski right. Yeah. And just for everybody out there, you know, these are what those characters look like on stage. Yeah, made by AVG. I, I <laughs> shared this on the June 4th. Including the total game. television characters, but anyway. But here's a drawing Bill Scott did. Oh, that's good. Can, can you hold it a little closer? Wait, to... Yeah, sorry. I'm horrible with this camera. That's okay. Um. Oh, wow. Cool. When, All right. when <laughs> her husband was in the hospital. Mm-hmm. When Holbert was in the hospital. Is that just pencil or is it ink? I couldn't tell. I, I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, let's see what let's other see. junk I have here. I'm like looking at things too. Uh, yeah, they used to sell little random oh, things like here, the fractured flickered spicy screen magazine, and it's just a little. Or, you know, or I'm sure this came from the store. Stuff, so anyway, the fractured yeah. flickers, the fractured yeah, flickers, even... fantastical calendar. <laughs> So it's funny how much weird stuff uh, Jay Ward did at that time. And, and Bill Scott, yeah, was an instigator of a lot of that stuff, is like trying to make Musylvania the 52nd state and everything like that. Um, and then I, I have a cassette tape of all their music cues and stuff like that that they used to sell back then. And I need to get that transferred to digital too, actually. So <laughs> anyway. And look if there's anything else, and then we'll kind of wrap things up here. Um, I just had the requisite coloring books and all the other stuff. Um, geez, I forgot all this stuff. I'm going to have to look through this book. <laughs> this box here. Hold on here. Turning my back to the camera. This is really exciting for the audience here. Um, <laughs> seeing me just turn around and everything like that. Oh, shoot, I can't find anything. Okay. How much of this do you edit, Mark? This is going to be. Actually, this one oh, is. Yeah. This is one of the things I have too. Is the, the Dudley Do Right catalog that actually shows the Emporium back in its heyday. Yeah. Or, so. <laughs> yeah, the fractured flickers, the fractured, the fractured flickers, um, trading card stamps. Wow, I don't even have that one. And I, like I said, I used to buy it's, most anything. It's JFK. There's yeah, Hitler. Hitler. There's whatever this is. 
Now, those are stickers yeah. or cards or both? They call them trading cards. Okay. Yeah. Wow. You see, like, here's the, like, here it is. It is Cliff Robertson, real name John F. Kennedy, outstanding killer lipstick, bad back from playing, from paying Mahjong, from playing <laughs> Touch Mahjong. Um, favorite role that Barry Goldwater in the, in the saga of the night, he was clobbered by a large Japanese woman in the aisle of the Amazon at <laughs> Arizona department store. Hmm. Cutest per perversion volunteering at local Republican headquarters. Represent uh, representation, Democratic National Committee. Uh, could you read the Hitler? Hitler? Can you read the Hitler one? Yeah. yeah. What? I was like, can you read the yeah, Hitler Adolf one? G. Hitler. <laughs> Yeah. Go ahead. Adolf G. Hitler, real name Adolf R. Hitler. Outstanding characteristic. Hasn't has it recently grown a mustache to, st to stimulate career? Mm -hmm. Latest picture? None. He hasn't worked in 25 years. Wow. <laughs> Cutest perversion. Mm -hmm. Enters delicatessens, orders hot, hot cross, hot cross niche, niches, and giggles hysterically. Representation, California Unemployment Office, Hollywood Office. Wow. <laughs> well, uh, let's see. Let's keep talking. Amber's uh, uh, stepped out a second. So, you know, when she comes back, we'll kind of... No, I'm still here. Up. Don't worry. I just, oh, I, just, oh. I, just, I, just, I just turned off my camera. Oh, okay. Uh, so we'll kind of wrap things up here. Is yeah. there anything hopefully, else? You... Hopefully, this is not, hopefully this is not one of your most chaotic... Oh no, there's been some chaotic ones, you know. <laughs> so it's like, but it's cool that you showed some of those things. You have things I don't have. I want to anyway. But um, uh, I guess to wrap things up is uh, I'll start with Camden. Um, uh, anything you're working on besides this, and how can we get a hold of you if people want to get a hold of you? Uh, well, anything I'm working on besides this, I'm well. I don't have a flustering thing that I'm working. Well, I'm not. Well, I'm not working on this like Amber is. I'm just. I'm just helping her whenever she needs it. But, I mean, um, if you're just going to school or whatever, you know, like, that's, I that's fine. Jerry but, you know. Beck. I write for Jerry Beck. <laughs> uh -huh. I'm one of. I write for Jerry Beck. I'm one of the forty different people who write on Mondays every month. Okay, <laughs> there's something. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but I'm, I'm like right now I'm writing and uh. Some, some rare material of interviews with Abe Levito, and as far as I know, these are the only existing interviews like with Levito, about mm -hmm. which I'm trying to find copies of it. It's about the off to see the wizard special. The off to see the wizard special is pretty crappy, <laughs> but but it's worth it if you can get some Abe Levito talking. Apparently, he was with a, a he was there was some footage of him. Um, there was some interview he did with Bob Ross on the radio. Not not Bob Jones, sorry, Bob Jones. Oh, okay. Not the painter. Was like, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> and uh, how can people get a hold of you if they have questions or they want to uh, uh, give you some information or anything like that? Facebook or my blog. Okay. And what's your blog? For my terrorist headlines. All right. And is that the name of your column for Jerry? No, my name oh. for calling for Jerry is the Speeds Report. Oh, okay. You need something uh, to come up quick. <laughs> Took a lot of effort for that. No, just kidding. It's <laughs> Jerry's suggestion. Just call out something like the Speeds Report or something. I'm like, all right, Speeds Report. Everyone all else right. thinks it's the Spies Report, but so that's what it's going to be called. 
All right. Very good. All right. And then switching over to Amber. Um, so uh, how can people get in contact you, with you if they have some information about Bill Scott and then any projects you plan to work on after this project is completed? Well, my I have Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Um, my Twitter is the same as my Instagram, which is it's X, which is spelled A-M-B-E-R-L-E-A-H-H-X. And my YouTube channel is Amber the Fangirl. And I don't think I'm going to have a lot of big projects on after this documentary. This may be my last for a while because this is so time consuming but it's okay. it's paid off so um i work on my own videos i edit vlogs i i do much of my own stuff and i've been i i, I i'm the voice of a children's corner printed ride i've been in magazines i've been in on bbc radio london speaking about autism awareness and it's been fun and i'm hoping to just continue doing what i'm doing All when right, i finish this good. project very good. And so I hope to see and hear and view <laughs> good projects from both of you in the future. And uh, I want to thank you both for being my guest today on the Fun Ideas podcast. And You're uh, we'll talk soon. And I'll definitely get you some more information for uh, your documentary. Sweet. Thank right. you so much, Mark. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. We'll talk soon. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening, and thank you, Camden Spees and Amber Jones, for being my special guests. Episode number 105 will be coming soon. If you would like to comment and or be a guest on this podcast, please drop me a line at funideas.mark at gmail.com. Become a patron of Mark Arnold and Fun Ideas Productions. If everyone listening just contributed a dollar a month, that would be a tremendous help in continuing the production of my books and this podcast. Also, subscribe to my YouTube channel. The opening and closing music for the Fun Ideas podcast is provided courtesy of Andrew the Slow Poisoner Goldfarb and is used with permission. This has been the Fun Ideas podcast. This is Mark Arnold speaking. This episode is copyright 2021. Fun Ideas Productions, thank you and good night. Headed home to a cardboard hut with duct tape doors. I'm paying Be glad it isn't yours Now get up Don't fall back Don't fall back Don't fall back